Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Ezekiel 38. I'm going to give you an update, as Pastor said. And if you think I'm going too fast, it's probably because I am. And uh, no, I'll try not to go too fast. It's, it's just kind of the way I'm wired. And sometimes I have to force myself to slow down a little bit. So uh, I'll do as much as I can in 40 minutes or so. And I'm going to deal with the Russia situation because media is always lying to us about this like they do most everything else. And uh, not all media lies, but 95% of them do um, because they're controlled by the globalists. But Ezekiel 38, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, set your face against Gog, the land of Magog, So we know historically, Gog and Magog is Russia. What is today Russia? They didn't call it that back then, obviously, thousands of years ago. The prince of Rosh Meshech is Moscow. And so this obviously is one of several things that have been front and center. And when uh, Vladimir Putin launched the war against Ukraine last February 24th, I was hoping it would fizzle out in a couple of weeks, and it would just fall into the category where Jesus said there'll be rumors of wars in the last days, in the same scripture where he said there'll be wars. But obviously, this is not going away, and Jen Stalenberg, the top general of NATO, said this will probably go on for years. He said that in the beginning, and I'm thinking, how does he know that? And it's a very, it was a very irresponsible thing to say, I think, because if you're the top general of the world's largest combined military structure in the world, I would think you would at least say we're doing everything we can to negotiate, but we don't see any negotiations. We have had world leaders for the last year and a half, months before the official launch happened, world leaders saying nuke Moscow, nuke Russia, 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 Russia. We were lied to for years, of course, about them controlling our election in 2016. And over $50 million of U.S. taxpayer money was spent on promoting a lie by Christopher Steele and Robert Mueller, which the whole that whole thing was Hillary Clinton's idea uh, that Russia controlled our 2016 election. Total lie. It's all been proven on record now. And prophesy against him and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I'm against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh Meshach. Now, Ezekiel 38 is a prophecy of Armageddon. And this is not Armageddon. (laughs) Um, I can understand why some people might think that or wonder that, but it's not because Armageddon is trumpet number seven. And so if we're possibly in trumpet six, which I can't tell you that for absolute certain, but if we are, uh, trumpet seven happens right after the three and a half year great tribulation. We're not even in the first half of the final seven yet. So um, consequently, You're looking at a prophecy, though, when Israel uh, will invade uh, or when when Russia will invade Israel at Armageddon, that's coming. And I've often wondered, why is Russia going to invade Israel? And a few things have come to light that have helped me to understand how this is all going to come together, though I don't have a crystal ball. Um, But it's interesting. Let's let's go back to the foundation for a second. Russia is the bear. Most of you know that, especially you prophecy students. Russia is the bear, and I like bears. And no, I'm not related to Timothy Treadwell, but uh, Russia is the bear. 
and Daniel chapter 7 and verse 5 bears that out. So we see the United States in Daniel 7.4. We see 1776 in, in Daniel 7.4. And uh, we see Russia in the next verse. It's okay. doesn't bother me. Uh, God bless you. You're just working your lungs, right? Getting ready to be a preacher. <laughs> but uh, you love kids, man. They're so precious. But uh, so we see, we see Russia in the next verse. So the United States is in the previous verse, 1776, where the eagle's wings were plucked out of the British lion. And so if anybody ever tells you America's not in the Bible, they haven't studied their Bible like they should, you can show them opportunity. But uh, verse 5 is Russia. A second, behold, another beast, a second like to a bear, raised up itself on one side and had three ribs in the mouth of it. So I've wondered, I don't know for sure if the three ribs might be Georgia, Crimea, and Ukraine. And let me just be clear on record. I am against what Vladimir Putin did. I don't, I don't know if against is the right word because I don't take sides. Now, the media wants us to take Ukraine's side. And we're no longer good American citizens if we don't fly Ukrainian flags in our yards and have Ukrainian bumper stickers. And I love the Ukrainian people. I love the Russian people. I love all people. I think we all love all people of all countries. But they're always trying to race bait us. They're always trying to divide us. And that's what they're doing, divide and conquer. So they want us to take Ukraine's side. More Ukrainians have died by Ukrainians killing Ukrainians in the last nine years. They've been in a civil war because Ukraine's very divided. And you've got the Donbass that basically doesn't want to be under the Kiev anymore. And that's been going on for years. Uh, but bottom line is, as the Russian bear, this is not the first time the bear has raised itself up, but it, it, it angers me all the constant propaganda that we're bombarded with every day because there is something about Russia in Bible prophecy. <laughs> it's just not what CNN and MSNBC and ABC and all the big corporate media says. And, you know, you'll still find some good ones out there, but I won't get into that right now. But it put Vladimir Putin, of course, in a position, and, and I believe Putin made a, made a big mistake. And I'm not excusing him, but I also believe Putin fell into a trap, a globalist New World Order Bilderberg trap. This has been planned for years. The world has been looking for an excuse to launch a war against Russia. So if they could get them to invade Ukraine, it gave them an excuse to use NATO. Here's the thing. We promised them if the Iron Curtain would break up in 1991, we would not expand NATO uh, into the eastern part of Europe. We didn't keep those promises, of course, you know, previous presidents can't make future presidents do anything. And so into the 90s, uh, those in power uh, broke with previous promises to not expand NATO. And I don't like NATO. They are one world government military to the bone. And they transcend the militaries of independent sovereign nations. It's the military of one world government is what NATO is. And the Bible says the Antichrist will have military arms on his part. But even in 2014, an article came out in Forbes magazine that was basically publishing classified information at the time, but somehow they got a pass and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll put you in prison for uh, leaking classified information if it's not the kind they want. But back in 2014, the former 
uh, President uh, Barack Hussein Obama gave uh, John Brennan directions to overthrow the government of Ukraine. Isn't that interesting? That was a long time ago. And they did. They toppled the government. Brennan and the CIA and other, uh, we weren't the only ones, but we were at the top of the helm. And the CIA overthrew the government of Viktor Yanukovych in 2014. And he had to go into exile into Russia. And one of the reasons why they toppled his government was because he was pro-Russian. He had good harmony with Russia. Doesn't mean he was a good man. I don't know. I'm not his judge. I'm just saying there the, the, the Kremlin was able pretty much to control the Ukrainian government through Viktor Yanukovych. So a lot of people died. I think, if I'm not mistaken, over 60 people died in that uh, Ukrainian revolution in 2014. So this is not the time, the first time Ukraine has been in the news and all of this. They wanted a puppet government. Poroshenko lasted a little while, but then they put in Zelensky, not even a world leader, an actor, a deeply immoral actor. I won't even go into that. Don't even look it up. It'll make you nauseous. But now this is the guy that has so many world leaders under his spell. It's like all these world leaders are zombified by Zelensky. And he's the guy that they can puppeteer and control because Ukraine is an incredibly corrupt country. Now, there's always light in the darkness. And yes, I've been hearing the reports of people coming to Jesus and some of our missionaries in Ukraine having harvest and revival. That's great. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's, that's the good thing is that you can't stop the spirit of the Lord from moving anywhere. So sometimes it seems like the darker the night, the brighter the stars shine. So praise God. So I'm, I'm very aware of those things. But since the toppling of the Ukrainian government in 2014, what was that? Eight, almost nine years ago, however long. Quick math. I may be off a little bit in my timing there, but 2014. And so since then, our CIA and other intelligence agencies, MI6 and other countries' intelligence agencies, but mainly our CIA, had holdover groups and networks training the Ukrainian military on purpose for a coming war with Russia, to go with war with Russia. Why? Well, this is phase number two of Klaus Schwab's Great Reset. So the release of the COVID bioweapon was phase number one. This is phase number two. Phase three is coming, and it's going to yet be seen how phase three rolls out. Uh, but the CIA then declassified this themselves uh, six or seven months ago, and they came out and bragged about it and said, yeah, we toppled the Ukrainian government. Those are the CIA's own press releases, and they basically realized they couldn't hide it any longer, what they were doing, how they had been training the Ukrainian government for months and months. Of course, you know, mainstream news isn't going to tell you most of these things. Well, that put uh, Vladimir Putin in a difficult position because you can't have it both ways because Russia is a part of global government. They have been for decades. They're one of only five permanent members on the UN Security Council, which gives them veto power out of 193 or 94 countries, members of the world's largest one-world government structure based on Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. They've been a part of it. And look, I'm not naive. I know that Vladimir Putin was the head of the KGB in Eastern Germany, and he lamented the breakup of the Soviet Union under Gorbachev. I get all that. But it's interesting, just a few days before invading Ukraine, last February 24th, it's hard to believe it's been 11 months, he gave a speech from the Kremlin 
or a, like a talk, I guess. Everyone does everything through video these days. And he basically said that he disagreed with Lenin. He disagreed with the Bolshevik Revolution bringing in hardcore communism and making Christianity illegal in the Soviet Union. And that doesn't mean he's a good Christian, although though insiders say he does attend the Russian Orthodox Church, but I don't know, maybe the Antichrist is going to go to church. Who knows? I used to wonder if Vladimir Putin perhaps could be the Antichrist. In no way, shape, or form am I saying that. Uh, he's still on the list of, of, of potential candidates, but I am not, I've never said any particular person was, in fact, the top dog Antichrist. But, you know, uh, aren't you glad you know the real Christ? But, you know, I mean, it could be Zelensky not saying it is uh, because I've talked to some theologians over the years and prophecy uh, scholars who have a firm belief. I don't necessarily share this view, but there are some who study prophecy that have a firm belief that the Antichrist has to be Jewish because that's the only way that the Jewish people would follow the Antichrist if he himself was Jewish. Now, it's a plausible idea, and I, I but I, I just, I don't want to lock myself in. So a lot of things are possible, <laughs> and we see through a glass darkly, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, but there is something very deceptive about the nature of, of Zelensky, which is one of the reasons why I think the media wants us to bow down and worship him. But we only worship Jesus. And so again, Bilderberg has had a big hand in planning this war with Russia, and they want it. There's no doubt about that they want it. Uh, although some world leaders within the system aren't necessarily under this spell. And so not all, I don't want to paint all of them with the same broad brush. But again, it did put Putin at the chessboard, and then, and I'm going back, I'm giving you a little bit of modern history for context. Back in March, 10 months ago, when this was really just first hot, and it's hotter now than it was then, but I'm saying Zelensky at the time asked our Congress to declare Ukraine a no-fly zone. Now, if you don't really know what's happening, it sounds kumbaya, it sounds, oh, like, you know, Maybe this would be the answer, but it would have been horrific. It would have it would have been an automatic declaration of World War III. Why? Because and we still have some politicians who have their heads screwed on straight that aren't completely controlled by the system, like Rand Paul and Jim Jordan and Matt Gates, and they're like, "Hold on a second, no way. If we do this guy, why are we even listening to this guy? But if we do what he says, we're going to add gasoline to the fire. We're going to suddenly have to force our Pentagon." Uh, to put all of our heavy military equipment in Ukraine, fighter jets, Bradley tanks, you name it, it would, it would be a hot war automatically with Russia. Now, of course, this is on the heels of a lot of world leaders calling for nuking Moscow. And, you know, most of you know I'm, I'm, I'm originally from the West Coast. We've lived in Dallas for 17 years, but... Uh, you know, when I grew up in California, it was as red as Texas, but they've completely flipped it. It's a socialist state. And one of our socialist politicians, Adam Schiff, back before, before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, Adam Schiff said, this is our opportunity to fight Russia on Ukrainian soil. And then to be fair, we had a so-called rhino conservative from Mississippi say, we should just nuke Moscow and not take off the table the possibility of using uh, a first-use nuclear strike against Russia. And it's like, 
you have all these world leaders making these crazy statements and not just from the United States, but from many other countries. And it's like, why? That's a screenshot of Zelensky who did a pre-recorded video, won't even wear a suit and tie, talking to the U.S. Congress. Really strange. And yet most Congress stood to their feet and applauded the guy. And so they give the orders to all of the media saying, tell the American people that we need to do exactly what Zelensky says. And we're going to send billions and billions and tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine. And we're going to send them heavy weaponry. And yet mothers can't even get formula for their babies. And we're on the verge of a global food shortage crisis. Well, then Zelensky says, well, if that won't work, why don't we let Jerusalem host negotiations between Ukraine and Russia? Well, that sounds good as a Jewish guy, and I'm pro-Jewish. I mean, I know the Bible tells us uh, everything about the origins of Christianity out of Israel, and so the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and most Bible history goes to Israel. But not all Jews are the same. You got your Orthodox believing Jews, you got Messianic Jews that believe Jesus is Messiah, you have agnostic Jews, and then you have atheist Jews. And so Zelensky is somewhere in there. But the point being that I've often wondered why is Israel going to come under this attack during Trumpet 7, led by Russia, when Russia leads dozens and dozens of countries against Israel? I don't think this is the main reason, but I think it could become a black eye. Now, to their credit, Israel was reluctant to become the referee. Can you imagine being the one to say, yeah, we'll, we'll solve your problems, but what if it doesn't go so well? <laughs> what if it doesn't go so well? Uh, that could anger the bear against Israel. And again, I'm not trying to make predictions. I'm just, but when you're in prophecy, you can't remove yourself from all speculation. And so, but again, you always have to understand that prophecy can throw you a curveball just when you think things are going to happen a certain way at a certain time. It just completely uh, goes a different direction. And I know some people that don't study prophecy, they think it's all cut and dry. I get that. I understand that because it's not their thing. Even though one third of prophecy or one third of the Bible is prophecy. And look, I'm learning every day. I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. But it's weird because I used to really like Netanyahu. He was one of the most amazing prime ministers Israel ever had. He worked closely with the most pro-Israeli president we ever had, which, of course, was Trump. And we got our embassy moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, declared Jerusalem as Israel's capital, declared that from the White House, which angered the globalists. You never say that if you're a part of the U.N. because the U.N. declared Jerusalem as an international city back in 1945. And, of course, then not Netanyahu went nuts with COVID and was forcing his people to take shots, brought about the Nuremberg trials of 1946, where medical scientists were put to death, violating the Nuremberg Code. And it's like, so Netanyahu was out, and they brought in Naftali Bennett in the middle. Now Netanyahu's back in, and he basically talked about how and bragged about how they were turning the Israeli people into experiments. Well, the whole world was turned into an experiment. And now that more people have died from the shots than COVID itself, and all the variants were from the shots, and it's like, what on earth is going on? And so we saw thousands of Israeli people sue the Israeli government for violation of the Nuremberg uh, uh, trials in 1946 in Nuremberg, Germany. And it all plays in because I see how Israel is being put in a globalist vice. 
Of course, they're trying to do that to the whole world now that they're modeling world government out uh, based on the Chinese social credit system. And so even Russia said they were open to negotiations in Jerusalem. But again, I don't, I don't blame Israel for not really wanting to go down that road because that would put them in a difficult position. But, and look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be over our heads today. I'm really trying to boil this down as much as I can. But here's the thing. Every time I see this stuff come up where there's possible tensions that could be directed at Israel, and even if it's roundabout, even, even if it is indirect, it, it brings my mind back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 3, where the Bible says, For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Because a lot of world leaders do believe that if they can just get Middle Eastern peace, that that will reverberate around the world. I don't necessarily think that's true, <laughs> but a lot of world leaders think that. And I do believe that it will seem like they've achieved that in the first three and a half years of the final seven when Daniel 9.27 is fulfilled, when the Antichrist confirms the covenant with Israel, no matter who that person is, you know, and then it will seem like we've finally shown the world that world government's the answer, that Bilderberg is the answer, that the Trilateral Commission is the answer, that the World Economic Forum founded by Klaus Schwab is the answer. And we no longer need God. We no longer need religion. In fact, it is a religion. And of course, it's false peace and it's deception to the bone and it's not going to work. And that will set the stage, of course, for the Antichrist then to implement the Mark of the Beast system. And the stage is already set. So this is setting the stage for Armageddon, even though this is not Armageddon. And the largest brainwashing scheme in human history that we've seen the last two and a half years, even though it was real, they always take something that's real, never let a good crisis go to waste. I never said COVID wasn't real. It's more real than an organic virus. It, in fact, is a bioweapon, a man-made bioweapon that's all been proven on record now. And that is setting the stage for the coming mark of the beast, even though it's not the mark of the beast, if that makes any sense. Here's the good news. Light in the darkness. America protects Israel. And that's us. <laughs> and that is because we are the eagle of Daniel 7-4, as I mentioned, where we find 1776. But then... We see America again in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 14. And to the woman, the woman here in this verse is Israel. Don't have time to prove that right now, but it is. That's the context. The woman is Israel. She's in trouble. She's invaded at Armageddon, like I said, by Russia and dozens of countries, uh, Islamic countries that want to wipe her off the map, specifically one of Russia's top partners, which is Iran of Revelation 6-8, the green horse. And so it's going to look like Israel's going down for the count. They're going to be destroyed. They're going to need a friend. Well, her best friend's always been America. And even though America is in serious trouble right now with this illegitimate administration that shouldn't even be there because they stole it, but I'm an optimist. America's going to bounce back and come back. I believe that. You don't have to agree with me. But uh, we've bounced back from a lot of stuff. We shouldn't take that for granted. America is in trouble. 
America needs to get back to the Bible. And that's why we're in trouble, because we've gotten away from the Bible. <laughs> but God's church is thriving, and it's not without struggle. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it, it goes on. To the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. So praise God, the eagle, the United States eagle, protects Israel. And as a result, that could put us in a hot war with Russia. And a lot of people have asked this over the years, do you see America and Russia going in direct hot war? Well, we're already in a proxy war with Russia right now as I'm speaking, um, but we're not necessarily in a full-blown hot war with them. And honestly, let me, be, let me just be frank with you, I don't want to see that happen. As a human being, I would prefer this fizzle out. I don't, I don't want war. Who in their right mind wants war? Even though I'm pro-military, I'm very pro-military, I'm anti-war, if that makes any sense. It's like the former governor of California, Ronald Reagan, said, that's why California used to be red, but then when he became president, then they got a socialist, Mr. Brown, in place, and now they got Mr. Newsom, uh, you know, related to Nancy Pelosi, and he's just taken California full-blown socialist. But anyway, Ronald Reagan said, the best way to avoid war is to have the strongest military in the world, and then your enemies won't mess with you. <laughs> so you have a strong military because we live in an evil world with real enemies that would not hesitate in a heartbeat like China to overthrow us, you know. So anyway, the point of this is if, if the bear is the one, the Russian bear invades Israel at Armageddon, and we're the eagle that protects Israel during Armageddon, then that could in that could be uh, basically telling us that we're going to go into full hot war with Russia. But again, I don't have a crystal ball, and only time will tell. We'll just have to see how it plays out, whether we're watching from here or from heaven. These things are going to happen. But again, going back to March, when all these world leaders were saying, nuke Russia, nuke Moscow, you know, it's like, have we forgotten how to negotiate? You know, it's like uh, before uh, Johnson had the CIA assassinate Kennedy, he negotiated with Khrushchev, sat down in 1962. We had nukes in Turkey and other European and Middle Eastern countries. They had nukes in, in Cuba. And I talked to a Navy SEAL who's like 78 now, and he said in 1962, he was sent to Cuba with hundreds of other military personnel to dismantle all of the uh, nuclear silos that Russia had set up just off the coast of the United States and Cuba. Because world leaders, though they diabolically disagree, they've been willing to sit down at the negotiating table. But in this, nobody wants to negotiate. In fact, again, I even though I disagree with what Putin did, I believe he fell into a globalist trap. He tried. They tried to offer a peace treaty to Ukraine. Ukraine rejected it. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so you don't want peace? You don't want to have a ceasefire? It's really, really crazy. So the head of the UN, who I would disagree with 99% of the time, Antonio, not just because it's him, but because of the, the system, even he said this is a bone-chilling bone nuclear war possibility. And this was at the time that all these world leaders, and they still are, were calling for severe actions against Russia. Even Pope Francis, whom I would also disagree with most of the time, 
uh, because Francis is also very involved in the New World Order and world government and pushing it and driving it and encouraging it. He's almost out of there, but even he warned at the time that this could be the final catastrophe that would extinguish the human race. Now, I would take exception because the Bible does not say that the whole entire human race is going to be extinguished. What the Bible does tell us is that one-third of the human race is going to be extinguished. So please don't play Russian roulette with your soul and wait to see how this plays out uh, before you repent and are baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and get a firm walk with God. But to further thicken the plot, uh, this does tie in, and this is one of the reasons why this is phase two of Klaus Schwab's book, The Great Reset, that this came out also last March, a document that was actually released by the government of Kiev, ironically, a whistleblower within the government of Kiev that was against Zelensky. So even the government of, I guess most governments are divided, but this was some whistleblower within the Ukrainian government who didn't like the actions of Zelensky and maybe just completely disagrees, whatever, but saw how that since the 90s, these bioweapons labs have been developed, not just our country's involvement, but our Pentagon has run at least eight of these 46 bioweapons labs. There's at least 46 of them. They are 100% there to produce bioweapons. In fact, it was Marco Rubio, the Cuban uh, senator in Florida, who questioned Victoria Newland back in March under oath. Now, Miss Newland's been a part of the corruption, the money laundering of millions and millions of dollars because it's a profit-making business. Uh, you know, and that's the whole military industrial complex. But Marco Rubio questioned her. These are not the exact words. You can look it up. It was even on C-SPAN. And he, if they've not scrubbed it, but uh, Mr. Rubio, Senator Rubio, said, Miss Newland uh, is, and they were all, you know, the world was trying to figure out why is Russia invading uh, their cousins, Ukraine. And he said, is it true that one of the main reasons why Russia has invaded Ukraine is because of these bioweapons labs that we're a part of and other countries are a part of? And she says, Senator Rubio at the state, she's, Miss Newland is very high up in the U.S. State Department. Let's just put it that way. And she's like number three or something. And she said, Mr. Rubio, Senator Rubio, she actually told the truth because she knew she was under oath. And, uh, she said, we are 100%. She didn't say possibly. She didn't say maybe. Her words were, we are 100% convinced that one of the main reasons why Russia has invaded Ukraine is because of the existence of these bioweapons labs that produce bioweapons like COVID. She didn't say that, but that's what she means. But she said, we know this is not the only reason, but one of the reasons why Russia has invaded Ukraine, because they're afraid those bioweapons are going to be, re be released on them. And so, now, you can make this stuff up. At the same time, the World Health Organization, which is owned by the Communist United Nations, the World Health Organization, which gives all countries their health orders now, at least during, during COVID, they gave our CDC orders on lockdowns. In fact, it was the World Health Organization that ordered the lockdowns of the world, which only made it way worse. And it was the World Health Organization, when, when this story broke, they ordered all the scientists out of the 46-plus bioweapons labs out of Ukraine with the pathogens used to produce uh, bioweapons. So it's like, you know, they say we're crazy. 
They say we're just wild conspiracy theorists, and yet they brag about these things in their own published articles. They just hope people don't take the time to read them. So now we know there was a very close relationship between Zelensky and Mr. Hunter Biden. So his laptop still under investigation was not just about human trafficking and pedophilia. As horrific as that is, a lot of the documents, the thousands of documents were also a part of the huge money-making operation, both with the bioweapons labs and other parts of the corruption, the energy company that Hunter Biden worked for, Metabiota. Well, that was the bioweapons company, but there was another company he was a part of that brought multiple millions of dollars into his hands, and he always gave 10% uh, to the big guy, which, of course, was his dad. And so this, I'm not going to read this. This is a screenshot of the official document released by the whistleblower within the government of uh, Kiev. And that is what uh, Marco Rubio was going off of, among other classified documents that had been declassified. And so you've got all these world leaders, such as the president of Serbia, who back in September warned of a great world conflict within two months. Now, anytime I see something like this, I take it with a grain of salt because that, you know, he said this in September. Well, that would have been November. And some people get hung up on timing. But I look at the big picture. I'm like an astronaut in outer space, even though I'm only one dolphin in God's vast ocean. But I look at something like this and I say, hey, wait a minute. Here's a world leader who has a backbone. It's hard to find nowadays, a world leader that's actually a leader. And he said, hold on just a second. At the UN, they meet every year in in New York. Unfortunately, the Communist United Nations is headquartered in New York, as you probably know. Started by a communist by Alger Hiss in 1945. And this guy, the president of Serbia, Mr. Alexander Vucic, was talking to world leaders from every country this past September. And he said, hang on just a second. Basically, what he was saying is, I thought the UN was created to bring peace not world conflict, but it seems like you world leaders are making decisions that are making this worse. And I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth to just a degree, but an, an exact quote is, he said, I think realistic predictions ought to be even darker. Our position is even worse since the UN has been weakened and the great powers have taken over and practically destroyed the UN order over the past several decades. And there's Mr. Vucic. And I, I have to applaud leaders like this now, I may not agree with everything he says, but what I mean is that he had the courage to go against the flow of the globalist narrative, which is the answer to all of this is war with Russia. And it's really crazy, but even one of our commanders, if you want a voice from us, <laughs> and I admire this guy uh, right up there with General Michael Flynn, if you ask me, this is Navy Admiral Charles Richard commander of the U.S. Strategic Command, and basically what he said, he was giving a high-level meeting at the Pentagon. I mean, this was the top of the top. He's like way up there at the Pentagon, and I have a lot of respect for this guy. He said, all of us in this room are back in the business of contemplating. This is a direct quote uh, from this commander, direct armed conflict with a nuclear-capable peer, he said, according to a Pentagon summary of his comments. Listen to what he said. He said, we have not had to do that in over 30 years. In other words, we've pretty much had it easy. Not that being in the military is easy, but what he means is we've not had a serious nuclear threat for at least 30 years. We've pretty much had peace in the world. And all of a sudden, we are faced with a real 
nuclear threat. Now, if it was just some fly-by-night wild man in the wilderness saying something like this, who doesn't have a clue, I might think that guy's just 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 off his rocker. But we're talking someone at the top of the top at the Pentagon, and I don't think that he would say that if he didn't have inside information that most of us probably have absolutely no clue. And so they destroyed the pipeline. And of course, the 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 Germany is the leopard uh, of Daniel chapter seven. Germany's right there in Daniel chapter seven, identified. Also, Germany's identified in Revelation 13. The one world government beast has the body of, of the leopard and the four heads of the leopard. And without going into that whole thing, but Germany basically said, oh, uh, we think Russia may have done a false flag. And, and Germany controls a huge part of Europe. In fact, uh, God told Daniel that dominion was given to the leopard in the last days. So even as I'm speaking, Germany has enormous uh, influence and control in what happens in the European Union. But I listened to what they say. Um, and they were basically in their mind, because this had just happened, that it was, the, we now know it was a NATO, a combined NATO operation. I'm sure we were involved, but many countries were involved. NATO is made up of what, 27, 28 countries. What did they do? They destroyed, why would Russia destroy their own pipeline? And I know they were inoperative, but one of them was under heavy pressure, which is why the natural gas bubbled to the surface of the ocean. The point is that a lot of wars start with an attack on a country's ability to distribute energy, whether it be oil or whether it be natural gas or some other form of energy, and get it back. (laughs) And, I mean, if you study the history of wars, you know, you think about World War II, this was true then. And we cut, we're cutting off uh, Japan's flow of oil. And, of course, they attacked us at Pearl Harbor. And that, that is what that was. But the point is that uh, Sweden is the one who really broke this story. And then they said for a while that they weren't going to release what they really knew about it. And I don't know. That's just, that's just nitty-gritty details. The point is this is a situation that, precipitates, and again, I would like to be able to come back to you and say, praise God, I was wrong. It didn't escalate any further. I don't want to see it, but I'm just giving you the prophecy perspective here, and it's Revelation 6-6, where John was shown by God that these kinds of things would be happening in the last days. What do you mean? He said, I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say a measure of wheat for a penny. When he says four beasts, he's talking about the four horses the red horse communism, the white horse Catholicism, the green horse Islam, and the black horse, which is the global economy. So the black horse is identified here in Revelation 6.6. And I used to think, oh, this is the most mild of the four horses, but it's really not. It's like Satan. It's He was the most subtle beast in the garden. In other words, Satan will Satan's implementation, or let me put it this way, Satan's rolling out of the mark of the beast during the three-and-one-half-year Great Tribulation will be simultaneous uh, with, with the chains and slavery, a lot of it digitally, of the mark of the beast, where people won't be able to buy or sell uh, without a, an identification numbering system or being tied into it. And they're rolling out these global cryptocurrencies that will be controlled by global government to compete with the good ones like Bitcoin, 
and and they're trying to destroy Bitcoin right now so they can have their own and control it because they can't control the organic ones like Bitcoin. And I'm not a cryptocurrency expert, but I'm saying this is how they get the world in lockstep. He said, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And I, I do believe the reference here to oil is a reference to crude oil based on the clues and the context of the black horse. Because remember, the black horse is the global economy. Well, for the, for the last uh, two years, what has this faux administration done? They've shut down the Keystone Pipeline, which was going to be one of the most advanced pipelines in the world, never produced a drop. I guess they could always fire it back up. We had oil down to $36 a barrel, uh, crude, and we weren't dependent. We became the number one oil-producing country in the world about three or four years ago. We didn't have to depend on the Saudis. We didn't have to depend on Russia or any other country or any other Middle Eastern country for oil. We were the top, and all of a sudden, they said, can't have that, and they shut down dozens of oil pipelines. See that you don't hurt the oil. I don't care what political party a person affiliates with. It really doesn't matter. If you're a world leader, if you're a king, a president, a prime minister, a ruler, or a dictator, all you have to do is read Revelation 6.6 and say, oh, the way to boost the economy is don't hurt the oil, just like the Bible says. But alas, because they hate God, they hate the Bible, and they want to be God, they're going to hurt the oil. And that's what was prophesied in your Bible thousands of years ago, and that's what we're seeing play out. And that's how a lot of wars began, is by attacking another country's energy, because 60 to 70% of European countries depended on Russian natural gas and oil. So, my brothers and sisters, I'm out of time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop with that. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.